Good evening, folks. Uh, welcome to the Adafruit Show and Tell. Tonight we have two hosts, uh, just like last week. Uh, my name is Melissa, and this is my co-host, Liz. And we're going to go ahead and, and start out with uh, Jay. Hey, Jay. Hello. See, I was hiding. Uh, I only came for an update for my new robot, Orbit, which is going to come with me to Silicon. Uh, last time I was here, I got the crystal working, so now the crystal's all nice and glowy. But now I have a robot head and stuff on it this time that's looking around using my old AI program. That way it can find faces and stare at them. Very cool. Yeah, that's pretty much why I have this round. I'm still working on it. I got the wheels and stuff put on here, the treads. I've been driving oh, wow. around here that's and there. That's looking really good, yeah. Yeah, we're, I think I'm near the finish line because it's you know, next week, so I have to have it done by then. But I think the next few days will be me testing and final final assembly. That way I can ship it out and then people can see the silicon is here. Oh, nice. Cool. What's the total height on that? Just curious. Um, that's a very great question. <laughs> I live in my little laboratory, so about two feet. Taller than two feet if I count the antenna. Nice. Yeah. My biggest robot yet. It needs to be bigger, though. I'm aiming for a mech, but by 35. I think uh, Phil B is actually going to be going to Silicon this year. Oh, I hope so. I'm hoping to see everyone there. I'm, it's become such a big maker event that I, of course, cosplay, of course, as well. Um, that I'm just excited to go inside to see everybody and mingle and talk again. Pictures. It's going to be so much fun. I'll be walking around with, of course, my robot fur, my wearable robot, and of course, this little guy rolling around with me as well. It'll be a fun time. Cool. Um, so next up, we're going to go ahead and go with uh, our folks at Adafruit here, and we're going to start out with Brent. Oh, we can't Brent, hear you. You're, you're muted, Brent. Yeah, great. Okay. Um, this past week, I've been working on um, some new sensors for Adafruit IO Whippersnapper. Um, it's our no-code system for Adafruit IO. So there's the PSMA. Um, this is an air quality sensor we have. And I'll just plug it in here. And if you click the add button and scroll down to where the air quality sensor is on the website, it'll now pop up. Uh, PM, like, so these are the different uh, particulate matter like sizes. So like 2.5 is like a standard size and this says a hundred, but it's um, 10. Uh, so you click create and then um, it will populate with the values. And I also added this um, SHT40 temperature and humidity sensor. So like these are all stem and you can just plug them in and like build projects like really, really, really quickly. And if you want to like build something that measures your air quality and your temperature and your humidity, um, you can just click buttons and um, design your prototype system. And then, of course, you can always take it and bring it to CircuitPython or a system where you want something more permanent. Um, so if you want to add sensors or you don't see a sensor on our list of supported sensors, um, we have an entire GitHub repo over at Whippersnapper Components, and you can add a new issue. We actually have a few that I have to get to. And this isn't live yet, but it's cool. 
um, within the next week, we're going to add emojis. So like, you can do like a really quiet emoji, like shh, and then like an alert, like a loud one for a piezo buzzer, or like fiery hearts for on and off. And you'll be able to configure each of those um, from within the component configuration. So like, you can use emojis, or you could also use, we have these font awesome icons now. So it's starting to look a little bit better visually. We're doing some cleanup and adding some sensors. It's looking really good. Uh, for folks, uh, you want to tell them like what kind of boards are currently supported? Yeah. So um, we support 18 compatible boards, uh, ESP32, ESP32, S2, like the whole ESP32 family, H266, and SAMD. And there's guides on how to add boards. It's all open source. And you can, if you don't see something just like the components, you can add a board. Cool. Um, that's awesome. Uh, next, we're going to go ahead and uh, go to Noe and Pedro. Hello. Hey. Dude, Hi. I'm so freaking hyped for the whippersnapper upgrades that Brent and team just did. Oh, my God. Turned into 30 hangouts that we did in the morning. We'd show you, like, our pimped out dashboard we have. We got, like, a humidity-controlled bathroom to keep these plants all nice and happy. So it's freaking awesome. And I forgot to show, <laughs> Brent, this teeny tiny little one. This is a little environmental sensor. This is the uh, SCD41. Oh, so freaking awesome. Ah. But anyway, <laughs> I'm here to talk about this week's project. Um, Lamar had this, saw this. A lot of the projects are like, oh, uh, Lamar sees a Kickstarter. is like, dude, we stock these keyboards and these parts. Let's get the Rose Brothers make like a case for that instead of people spending 150 bucks on a case. <laughs> so a couple cents of filament. This is housing a Raspberry Pi size board. Uh, Super, lots of hugs to Liz for sending over uh, one of the Tinker boards because um, all of these boards are like like 200 bucks, take like two months to get here. So uh, I didn't want to use the Pi because, of course, you can't even get those either. But uh, any Pi size boards like the orange pies or what are the other ones? Banana? Banana pie. Onion. There's pie. so many. But what's oh, yeah, cool about having so many? Yeah, they're like the, their sizes are standardized. So that's pretty cool. Like I think even their GPIO, right? They're all like kind of standardized. So the mounts yeah. should work with any of those um, any of those boards, and then we have, of course, everybody always complains about fans, so we have a fan in there with like the air ventilation stuff because uh, it does get a little warm in there. And then plenty of space to add like a um, battery. I think that's one of the um, cool things that the Kickstarter was showing is like a battery powered. You could totally add that if you want. That plugs into the wall, and then you have like little feet and stuff, and uh, access to your SD um, card and the. Um, keyboard that we stock in the store fits right on top it doesn't screw in anything so if you need to like you know it's wireless you can take it off and sit down do some media center um you know video streaming stuff um this what's the os uh liz this is freaking uh, awesome Tinker but, os yeah um, OS. yeah yeah it's based on uh, so you yeah, yeah, so good. So it's so awesome that there's so many like different um, options for people. And you know, you got like Office, uh, Open Libre, and all that cool stuff on there. You can, of course, watch uh, streaming works really good on here. I'm so surprised on how fast this is. I mean, you know, I thought it'd be like as slow as a Pi 2 or something, but uh, definitely a pretty good board. So yeah, that's the project. It's just a nice 3D printable case for housing any uh, Raspberry Pi uh, sized boards. And then temp pulling off of that, this really cool HDMI uh, monitor that Noah had built a couple years ago. So it's all um, battery powered. So it's just like one wire coming out, just the HDMI. And of course, we sell all of the uh, cables and the little doodads that make all of this work, so like the um, 
cool little feet and stuff like that. The fan, all of the uh, ready to go burnt SD cards. So check it out. Free to download. Uh, pretty much the learn guide is just links to the guide and the um, open SCAD uh, Fusion 360 file. So you can edit it and add any stuff to it. I think we're going to do a version two where we have like the GPIO uh, sticking out of here. Maybe add like a speaker uh -huh. or something. So uh, mm -hmm. it will evolve from here. <laughs> cool. <laughs> and uh, of course, check out the hangouts earlier in the morning uh, to get a little preview of the my giddiness over uh, the IoT stuff uh, for Whippersnapper. So yeah, tune into that. And I think that's all. Cool. We Thanks, folks. Great. Thanks. Thank you. Um, next up, we have Scott. Right. Hello. Can you hear me? Hi. Yep. Yes. Perfect. I like as you know, I cleared all my Chrome settings, so I wanted to make sure. <laughs> um, I'm actually, I wanted to show off something that you did, Melissa, largely. Um, we've been collaborating this week, uh, which is my last week before I take uh, some paternity leave, some 12 weeks. So um, what we have here, uh, this is a, a local CircuitPython device, um, which is in here. I can't show it. I can't unplug it. It'll, it'll break my demo. Um, but what Melissa's gotten working is that this device hosts a very small HTML file at slash code, and then it goes to code.circuitpython.org, downloads some JavaScript, and boom, you get code.circuitpython.org on your local device. Uh, we did try to get code.circuitpython.org working, but there's security stuff that prevents us from doing it there. Um, so this hash backend web stuff will likely go away in the future, but for now, yep. it makes it work. Um, so we can we can just change this print here to like hello show and tell. Then we hit save and run, and it restarts. And now we have hello show and tell. I don't know what this bug is. <laughs> it um, needs to it needs a little bit of work here and we've there. We got some but... work there, but uh, yeah, it's pretty exciting um, to see that this is hosted from a device, and this gives people a rich. Circuit Python code editing experience when they're online uh, from their device. That's cool. I can't wait to cool. try that. Uh, yeah, yeah, so it, that's uh, been fun because I, I've been like actually working on just that part of it today, where it just kind of goes and grabs the HTML and the JavaScript and loads it all on Bootstraps. It. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, we're planning on doing a release tomorrow. Dan's going to do that, and this should actually sneak in there. Um, the JavaScript that's hosted on code.circuitpython.org will get better and better. So uh, that's separate from the version of CircuitPython you actually have on the device. So here, we'll see how that goes. Um, but great work, Melissa. Thank you for collaborating with me on this. Thank you. And next up, we're going to go to John Park. Hey, hello. Uh, Hi. I, uh, I've been working on a couple projects that have gone into guides now, so I don't have anything super Adafruit-ish new to show, um, but there's a floppy scale guide that Jan uh, Goolsby worked on that I collaborated with him on that's going to be coming out or is out, and uh, same with the little Pico uh, step switchy guy here that I've been working on. Uh, so what I wanted to do was show something I'm doing in my downtime, just kind of fun, uh, hacky project kind of thing. If you can show uh, my little camera there. Um, so I really find LCD watches to be neat, uh, like most humans. So uh, mm -hmm. I, have a, I have a few different Casios, and I've gotten a couple of these over the years as gifts, which are these Casio G-Shock watches, which are kind of monstrous, but they're also pretty dang cool. Um, most of them feature a solar panel. So these things have a rechargeable battery. You never change batteries on because there's, there's a solar cell built into the front of this thing somehow. 
Uh, and they also have uh, radios that allow them to grab atomic time off of a satellite. They usually check a couple times during the night for that signal. Um, mine had gotten dirty, so I was cleaning them. And when I was cleaning them, I decided to take them apart a little further than usual. Um, besides taking off the bands, I found out that there is basically this whole enormous bezel that's ornamental. Um, so that lives over the kind of real module ah. of the watch. And it's also usually got a little insert. So it's made of uh, some sort of like a rubbery plastic or, or a rubber and plastic, and then usually a little metal um, label section thingoid here. I don't know his real name. But as it turns out, they look immensely cool without that whole bezel on them. Um, kind of looks like a stopwatch. <laughs> got these exposed... Um, buttons because those usually are pretty proud of the the watch module to be accessible through the big lumpy extraness that that is uh but i thought it looked pretty cool obviously this is not going to be as rugged just from a these things could catch on stuff and bend perspective but uh totally wearable totally cool so um i had fun with that and i, I think there's aftermarket like different colored bezels that you can put on these and so on but i was just excited to uh, do a little sort of aesthetic modification of the watch and make it Super funky, like no G-Shock that's ever been sold, pretty much. Uh, so that's my my little fun hack that uh, that I was playing around with. Cool, yeah. Well, yep. thank you. Hack your watches. Excellent. Uh, so next up, we have John from uh, at Think Learn. Do Think do, sure. Learn. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> hey, all. Uh, so a while back. Uh, I showed off my garage door left open emailer kind of project I've been working on. Um, okay. and, and I've liked it. Like it sends me an email after five minutes of the garage door being left open. Pretty simple, but I love it. Uh, so I wanted to improve on that and I could have done, and I wanted to be able to just look at something and know if my garage door was open, kind of like an indicator, just kind of a state indicator. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and I could have done like an LED or something that was kind of boring. I tried to stretch myself. And so I, made just a little uh, enclosure here that has an OLED here, right? Mm -hmm. And then on inside there's a, a Raspberry Pi. Cool. Uh, so then when my garage door gets left open, right, you got your little awesome black and white garage door icon that shows up. Uh, pretty simple, Great. but it was a fun project. My first time getting to play with OLEDs and, and that was fun. I just wanted to show it off. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice. Uh, so how are you having it like uh, send the information to that box? Uh, so the the garage door opener is running a, just a ESP8266. Um, and then there's a, a tilt switch. So when the garage door orientation changes, right, that tilt switch changes. Okay. And it wakes up the, the ESP8266, does a, a Wi-Fi get request to a Node.js server running on here. Uh, pretty simple, but... Uh, and then when I did this, uh, I actually found out about OLED screen burn-in, right? So apparently mm, if you show right, the same right. image, it burns in. I, I didn't even know that was a problem anymore, but but apparently for OLEDs it is. So I learned something new. Uh, and so actually it just changed right there. So you can see it, it changes, okay. it inverts at every minute, which was kind of a fun uh, thing too. Oh, nice, yeah. So anyways, I just wanted to show that off, so. Cool. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for having me on. So uh, I think that is all the guests that we have. Uh, we have Circuit Python Day coming up on Friday. 
and there'll be another show and tell then. I believe you're hosting that, Liz. Is that correct? Yes, uh, 2 p.m. Eastern. I'll be hosting a nice long CircuitPython themed show and tell. So if you have CircuitPython themed projects, come on and people will have a little longer too to talk about it, about five minutes. So um, be there or be square. Cool. All right. Cool. Thanks everybody for coming on. Thank you.